Hemorrhoids can be a real pain in the butt, causing anal itching and burning and irritation. Get fast relief with all natural, doctor-developed and tested Anacool. Buy Anacool, A-N-A-C-O-O-L. On Amazon right now and save 15% with code WABC2024. This is The Other Side of Midnight with Frank Morano. They're running a strange program, y'all. Now, here's Frank Morano. By now, you've already heard about it. Uh, an awful scene out of uh, Kansas City, Missouri. We're very pleased to be heard in Missouri on uh, KMOX, one of the great radio stations in the country, where at the Super Bowl parade for the Kansas City Chiefs, there was yet another mass shooting. A really awful situation. Um, one of the heroes that has come out of this so far is Paul Contreras, who helped tackle one of the gunmen at this parade. Uh, I just heard somebody yelling to stop this guy, tackle him, and he was coming in the opposite direction. So I just, you don't think about it. It's just a reaction. He got close to me, I got the right angle on him, and I hit him from behind. And when I hit him from behind, I either jarred the gun out of his hand or out of his sleeve. Because as I'm taking him down to the ground, I see the gun on the ground. So I take him down, and I put all, all my body weight on him. And then another Good Samaritan comes over and is helping me because I kind of got him high, and the other guy gets him around his waist, and we're just putting our weight on him, and he's just fighting to get up, but we're, we're fighting to keep him down. And another Samaritan comes over and puts his weight on us, and we're waiting for the cops to show up. They finally, well, they get there, and uh, the second cop gets there, the third cop gets there, then they pretty much take over, and we, I, 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 I'm standing there for about a minute or two. You know, me and the cops didn't even have like one or two words, you know. Wow. Once they had him and got him cuffed, I sat there for two minutes with all my three daughters. And then we just, we, we walked away. We, we headed toward our car. No, no. I did not see him fire the gun. I just, when I tackled him, I seen what I seen. Like I said, out of his hand or out of his sleeve, and I, I taking him down. I seen the gun on and, the ground. And thank God there are people like Paul Contreras out there. So what do we know? Who did this? Why did they do this? And why does this keep happening? I'm going to get into this in a few minutes with Bill O'Reilly. But uh, one day I asked Dominic Carter, a veteran broadcast journalist and uh, the guy who's been kind enough to help uh, kick off our show just about every night these days. He has been more outspoken on the issue of violent crime, particularly gun violence, than just about anybody in the whole country. Uh, Dominic, what do we know about this situation so far? 
that it's happening far too often. Uh, the details, Frank, uh, you know, you can't even enjoy a Super Bowl parade anymore. One dead, uh, a mother, a, mo- a mom of two, 22 shot, including nine children, nine children. The uh, dead woman described as a super fan and she's being called the most wonderful, beautiful person. And to answer your questions, what we know so far is that the shots were fired at the end of the Chiefs uh, victory parade. This was a rally in downtown Kansas City, Missouri. And and folks, for those I know you air, Frank, uh, in Kansas City, for those of you that may not be familiar with the area, it's interesting because you have Kansas City, Missouri, Kansas City, Kansas, and they're right next to each other. I've been there several times. I've been to their Union Square, which is their train station, mm-hmm. the communication uh, hub, and a, a lot of things can go wrong there to think about at any point, Frank, it could have been me, you, anybody. Oh, absolutely. You know? And so three people are in custody. Officials are stating that they do not believe the motive was terrorism. I am only speculating at this point, purely speculating. Sure. I think, and I have nothing to base this on. I have a strong hunch this is somehow gang-related. I could prove to be wrong. This is gang-related. But looking at the photo of the man that they took into custody, the one that the Good Samaritan tackled, mm-hmm. Somehow gang-related, some beef, uh, just like the shooting in New York the other day, gang-related, beef amongst the different crews. And what do you do? You pull out a gun, you start firing at each other. No rules. Kids are right there. Kids are shot. Doesn't matter. I've been disrespected, and I'm going to lash out. Now, I am sure that we'll find that this was a legally purchased gun by someone that went through all the proper channels, got a background check, waited the three days or whatever the requirements are. But uh, there's already folks, um, and I'm sure President President Biden is among them, that are using this as an opportunity saying we need to clamp down stricter gun control laws, stricter gun control laws. What do you think? Let's say your hypothesis is correct, right? And you've seen enough of these shootings, unfortunately, to uh, make a lot of judgments about them. Is that the right? I'm going to ask this to Bill O'Reilly coming up in about 10 minutes as well. But is that the right prescription for the current situation? I, I understand. I support the Second Amendment. I really do. I just think that something needs to be done. I, I've heard the argument a, a million and one times on, on from each side. That guns don't kill people, that bad people kill people, and that the only thing that will stop a a, a, ba- a right. crazy madman is another is a good person with a gun. I've heard all the arguments, but it's just too easy for these low lifes to get weapons. And I, I think, like 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 you and myself and the rest of the country, we want to hear what the officials have to say. We need to hear, but but think about Frank how this is going to change the whole experience. You know, I was thinking of going about going to a parade or yes, something like yes. this. Yeah, I was thinking about when when Biden was vice president, right? And he came to to my daughter's graduation up at Syracuse University, and I was like, "Ugh, we got to go through metal detectors, ugh, for the vice president, ugh, you know." But now I get it. Right. And so you go you go to a professional NFL game, you've got to go through metal detectors. Now they're going to have to have it for the parade yeah, at, it, at every possible entrance, which means that you're going to stand online for hours. It is a sad situation. Thank you for the great Thank work you. you've been doing on this. If you want to comment, uh, you're certainly welcome to. 800-848-9222. Obviously, nobody knows uh, the motive of these shooters, uh, but if you want to speculate, uh, you're certainly welcome to. Or even more important than speculating about who was responsible 
possible or why they did this. If you want to offer a prescription for how to stop some of these mass shootings in the future, be my guest, 800-848-9222, and we'll ask that to uh, Bill O'Reilly coming up in just a few minutes. Meantime, some good news. At least I consider it to be good news. Slackers in the workplace may not consider this to be good news. Buckle up. The CDC, the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, I'm not sure why everybody still calls them the CDC when they should really be the CDCP, right? But no one ever calls them the CDCP in your life. Have you ever heard anybody refer to them as the CDCP? I haven't. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention is loosening its COVID-19 isolation requirements, no longer suggesting that Americans who test positive for the virus Stay home for five days. That was their guidance. They said if you test positive, stay home for five days. No, no, no. Now, the expected recommendation is to decide based on symptoms, which I've always said, you know, whenever we have to take a COVID test to go somewhere, my wife's always amazed because I I never know how to do it. Uh, Stick it up your nose and then do this. And then what does the line mean? And she said, people have been testing for two and a half years. How is it that you still don't know how to do this? I say, because I have not been testing for two and a half years. I don't know anything about this. You know what I know how to do? I know how to, if I'm sick, try to stay home and get some rest doesn't matter if I'm sick because of the flu, a cold, or COVID. I'm not waiting to see if a test dictates whether I should go out or not. And now the CDC has finally caught up with me. Well, more or less. Under the new, new approach, people would no longer need to stay home if they've been fever-free for at least 24 hours without the aid of medication and their symptoms are mild and improving. That's according to three agency officials, as reported in the Washington Post, who spoke on the condition of anonymity to share internal discussions. Can we talk about that? Why is it that these three CDCP officials had to speak to the Washington Post on the condition of anonymity? Why? Why could no one say on the record, yeah, I'm uh, Joe Schmo, I'm the so-and-so, and and this is what the CDC is going to be recommending? Why? Why couldn't they say that? Is it such a big secret that the CDC is changing their guidance? Well, according to these anonymous, you know, truth-tellers, the new reality with most people having developed a level of immunity to the virus because of prior infection or vaccination warrants a shift to a more practical approach. And that's the word from experts and health officials. I have been saying this for a long time. Uh, Look, almost everybody in the country has either had the virus, some people have had it multiple times, or been vaccinated for it. So by doing that, by getting your vaccination or by getting the virus, you've achieved some level of immunity. And I've always said, I think it's crazy for us to treat these people that get COVID like lepers. So uh, the Matt Blazes, the uh, the Eliases that uh, hold their their COVID positive test up as a ticket to a paid vacation for 13 days. No, no, no. You guys are going to have to come to work uh, within 24 hours of your unmedicated uh, uh, symptoms or your unmedicated fever subsiding. Sorry, everybody. I think this is great news. I, I think people for three years have been using a COVID-positive test as a way to get out of everything. 
Honestly. And I look, I don't begrudge them. As a guy that likes to get out of things myself, not work, but s- social obligations, I get it. But it made sense in March of 2020. In February of 2024, it does not make sense. All right. Going to squeeze in a, a couple of quick calls here, and then we'll talk with uh, we'll talk with Bill O'Reilly, the big O, the one and only. Find out what's on his mind. I also want to talk to him about this uh, Alejandro Mayorkas impeachment. I have to tell you, I think this is the biggest waste of time in the world. This is going nowhere. It's a waste of time, money, energy, and effort. And I, I can't imagine it helping the Republicans politically. And more importantly, it's just a waste of the Congress's time when they could be actually governing. I think it's the silliest thing in the world. We'll see if O'Reilly agrees. He usually has no problem straightening me out on uh, on all sorts of issues where I'm in the wrong on. Okay, 800-848-9222. Let me begin with a real sage, a common sense sage, Vincent in Brooklyn. Hello, Vincent. Good morning, Frank. Morning. Frank, how are you doing? All right? I'm, I'm hanging in there. Thanks. Good, good. Uh, Frank, back in the day, uh, years ago, I don't know what the law is now, but back in the day, 50 years ago, you got caught with an unlicensed handgun. There was no ifs, ands, or buts about it. You got five years in the joint. I knew wise guys who got caught with licensed handguns, and these were grown men who were literally going to the bathroom in their pants because there was no wiggle room back then. Mm. Now, I don't know what the deal is now with uh, the no bail, no jail laws. I don't know about that, what happens there. I know a a guy who was a wise guy who's now walked the straight and narrow, got caught bringing a weapon from New York and into New Jersey, and just for that alone, an unlicensed weapon, did five years, because he crossed state lines, did five years in the federal penitentiary. That's what we have to go back to. So what you're saying is if we had more of a kind of a zero-tolerance approach and mandatory minimums for carrying an illegal firearm, then maybe people would think twice about carrying these guns. Frank, there was no ifs, ands, or buts. You couldn't. You couldn't uh, plea bargain down. It was the law. It was set pat. There was no conditions. You couldn't say, oh, I was defending myself. Right. I get it. I get you it. had an unlicensed illegal firearm. No ifs, ands, or buts, period, Vin- Frank. Vincent, I, thank you. I think people really have to go back. To. I want to squeeze in a couple of other folks here before we get to Bill O'Reilly. You know, I've talked about this a lot over the years with law enforcement officials. People like uh, Commissioner Bill Bratton, people like uh, former Commissioner former Commissioner Bratton, former Commissioner Ray Kelly. And one of the things they pointed out uh, to me is what, in terms of why things like stop, question, and frisk were so important is because if someone believes, if someone is in a gang or a crew and they believe that their adversary, their rival, is carrying an illegal weapon – then they don't care what the penalty is. They don't want to die. Then they're going to carry the weapon. And so what happens is when two of these people that are armed meet with one another and they have a beef, gunshots get fired. But if two of these people are afraid that they're going to be stopped and patted down and have a weapon confiscated from them, then they're less likely to carry the weapon. And so what happens? These two people still may run into one another at the Kansas City Chiefs parade or anywhere else, and they may still have a beef, and then one guy has to then go home and get his weapon, 
And that process of that guy going home to get their weapon creates a natural cooling off period for that guy where he's thinking about the consequences of do I want to get into a gunfight with with my rival. Additionally, the other guy that he's in the beef with has to go home and get his weapon. So it creates a natural cooling off period for him. So if Dominic's theory is correct, and we don't know at this point that this is gang-related, I think maybe broad, broader use of stop, question, and frisk in some of these cities may help hinder some of what we're seeing in terms of gun violence. By the way, stop, question, and frisk has been upheld as constitutional by the uh, Supreme Court in Terry versus Ohio. 800-848-9222. Ephraim is in Rockland County. Hi, Ephraim. Uh, hi. Um, you know, the news keeps on talking about the gun violence in Kansas. You got to stop that. This, there were Missouri. one million people at the parade. Only 22 were shot. You should refer to it as a mostly peaceful parade. <laughs> I don't think so, Ephraim. Very creative. Very creative. I don't think so. 800-848-9222. Lou is uh, on Staten Island. Hi, Lou. Hey, Frank. It's Lou Gelomino. Hey, Lou. Lou, Always. it's great to hear from you. This is uh, America's Lawyer. I didn't know uh, we had celebrities <laughs> listening. Nice. Wow. Always, always. How you doing, Frank? How's I'm doing everything? great. It's great to hear from you. Listen, I wanted to weigh in on the on the gut issue. You know, it's something on my mind a lot as a defense attorney and a moderate conservative on Staten Island here. Um, you know, I, I have mixed feelings. I'm a Second Amendment guy. I don't own weapons myself. But just like everything else, I think we need to compromise. Like the Brooklyn caller says, I think we need much stricter penalties for gun laws. Right? Believe me, I represent a lot of people on Staten Island that are carrying around weapons illegally. However, every statistic shows, everyone, that the people committing gun crimes are not licensed gun holders. Right. Well, that's what, what I was part. referencing with Dominic. That's exactly uh, right. So we need to put a stricter penalty on the unlicensed gun holders. And we also need to have better limits and, 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 and wait periods and lesser magazines for those people that want to call for that, too. That's the only way this is going to work. And here's the, the third thing. I don't care what happens. We need to put armed police officers in our schools. That has to happen. Yeah, and I don't know why. That's yeah. just a simple solution to stopping these school shootings. Lou, Lou you're not going to get an argument from me on that one. And in, unfortunately, a lot of cities are going the other way. The new mayor in Chicago is actually taking police out of schools, which is amazing to me. Lou, I, I got to run. We have uh, Bill O'Reilly uh, waiting in the wings. Thanks so much for uh, calling in. Uh, obviously, call in whenever you're up at this time. Appreciate it, my friend. Lou Geralmino, great guy, great attorney. You've probably seen him on uh, the Fox News channel uh, or you know, Newsmax or a bunch of other places, and a very good attorney. I, uh, if I could afford his services, I'd have him on permanent retainer, believe me. All right, uh, Bill O'Reilly uh, joins me. Those of you that are holding, we will, uh, we will get to you as soon as we're able. Bill O'Reilly joins me straight ahead. The Other Side of Midnight with Frank Morano. Hemorrhoids can be a real pain in the butt. 
causing anal itching and burning and irritation. Get fast relief with all natural, doctor-developed and tested Anacool. Buy Anacool, A-N-A-C-O-O-L. On Amazon right now and save 15% with code WABC2024. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hi, it's Ernie Anastas. You know, your thoughts can affect how you feel, and how you feel can impact your thoughts. Addressing your mind and body connection is the key to improving your overall wellness. Bergen Newbridge Medical Center is the largest hospital in New Jersey, providing comprehensive, equitable, compassionate, and high-quality emergency inpatient and outpatient medical care, plus mental health services and substance use disorder treatment. The Bergen Newbridge team can address your total health needs in one convenient location. Call 201-225-7130 for an appointment or newbridgehealth.org. It's the other side of midnight with Frank Morano. This is The Other Side of Midnight. I'm Frank Morana. Well, imagine you had the opportunity to talk with the author of the best-selling nonfiction book series of all time. Imagine you had the opportunity to talk to the person who has the record for the being the ratings king in prime time in cable news for the most number of years. And imagine you had the opportunity to talk with a journalist who has covered hot spots, war zones, you name it, literally all over the world. But imagine they are all the same person, fortunately for you and for me. We don't have to imagine because uh, very, very proud to call a colleague, veteran journalist, nationally syndicated radio talk show host, and the host of the No Spin News, and a New York Times bestselling author many times over, whose forthcoming book is Confronting the Presidents, the one and only Bill O'Reilly. Bill, thanks for coming on the radio with me. Well, it's quite an intro. That'll wake everybody up, Frank. Uh, (laughs) Thank you. I appreciate that. All right. We asked the tough questions here. Everybody wants to know, what did uh, former Catholic school teacher Bill O'Reilly give up for Lent? You know, I addressed that on the No Spin News tonight, uh, which anybody can access on BillOReilly.com. I don't give up anything. What I do is uh, a random act of kindness every day for 40 days. And I gave an example, uh, you know, if you can't watch the show tonight, um, we have a concierge program at BillOReilly.com, Frank, where you sign up and um, you basically have that direct access to me. You get a special email and it's all confidential. And it's like an insurance policy for your life. You get into trouble, you tell me what the problem is, we'll help you solve it. So a guy writes me from New Jersey, and he's a big legal trouble, this guy. And far more than just hiring a lawyer. And so I said, all right, I'm going to research myself. And I found two organizations in Jersey that specialize in his problem that I never heard of. And it took me about an hour to root them out. And I gave them to this guy, and hopefully they'll help him. And that's a random act of kindness. I didn't have to do it. 
Um, and I don't have the real time to do it, but that's my mandate for Lent, uh, 40 acts of kindness. I love it. I think that's great. And uh, hopefully uh, coming on this show in the middle of the night qualifies as uh, today's random act of kindness. Appreciate that. Um, I got to ask you on a, a very serious note. Obviously, you've been on the air for decades now, and we've seen the problem with gun violence in this country get worse. Yesterday, we saw this or Wednesday afternoon, we saw this shooting at the Kansas City Chiefs Super Bowl parade it's characterized as a mass shooting. We don't have that many details yet. But uh, obviously you have one section of the country that uses this as an opportunity to call for gun control. Another section of the country that says this is about mental health or better policing or about you name it. What's your take on why mass shootings are so commonplace in the United States these days? Well, homicide has always been with us since Cain and Abel. That's why that's in the Bible. Mm -hmm. Um, And there is a segment of the human population that has absolutely no morals. They're evil people. That's where you start. These people in a free society will always have access to weapons. In America, they have access to very deadly weapons. And my take is that the states should regulate this, much like what the Supreme Court did with abortion. So if you live in Wyoming, and uh, it's a rural state, 450,000 people, the police cannot protect you in Wyoming. It's too vast. There aren't enough of them. It's reactive. So if somebody comes on your property bent on stealing everything you have and killing you, you got to have a gun. You have to. In New York City, it's a different story. Mm-hmm. So it's a dense place. You can't have people... Uh, carrying firearms all over the place. But you can't ban them. That's wrong. People, Americans, have the right to self-defense, and that's why the Second Amendment is in there. There's no doubt about it. All the founding fathers agreed that individual citizens have a constitutional right to defend themselves with firearms. Now, Europe doesn't have that because they don't have constitutions like Mm -hmm. that. All right. But America was such a dangerous place when it was founded, you know, with Native Americans. And, uh, you know, if you were moving west, you had bears chasing you. You know what it is. You had to have. So now um, if people think banning guns is going to stop these mass shootings, they're insane. There are 300 million guns, at least on the streets of New York, of uh, America. And the criminals are going to get the guns. They're going to buy them on the black market, and the nuts are going to get them, and they're going to use them. So if you pass prohibitive gun laws, who, who are you hurting? You're hurting the law-abiding person who wants to defend themselves. That being said, you can't have a mortar. Okay? Right. You can't have or a, a bazooka. bazooka. Yeah, right. Right. So the state then says, all right, this is the firearm that you're allowed to have here in this state in New Hampshire, in Idaho, in New Mexico. And another state says, this is what you're allowed to have here. And I think that's the way to do it. And if it's too prohibitive, like New York is, you take it to the federal courts. And the federal courts decide. Um, 
One of the things that uh, obviously everybody's talking about these days is the border. You were on this issue 25 years ago. You were talking about the problem with the border on primetime with some real solutions. You were the first person I heard say uh, have the uh, National Guard back up the Border Patrol. And you had a lot of other very comprehensive solutions to not only stemming the tide of illegal aliens coming into the country, but dealing with the illegal immigrant population that's already here. Gotten much worse since you started talking about it uh, probably more than a quarter century ago. One of the things that the House Republicans have done in order to, uh, I don't know, show that they're taking the border issue seriously is impeach the Secretary of Homeland Security, Alejandro Mayorkas. It doesn't look like this is going anywhere in the U.S. Senate. So my question for you is, was this a wise thing for the House Republicans to do? You know, it, it doesn't hurt them. Uh, I would much rather see the House Republicans come up with a immigration bill that could work, which they have not done. But it doesn't hurt them to expose the vast uh, incompetence and, um, you know, you could even say law-breaking of the Biden administration. Because the president, for whatever reason, I don't even think he knows what the reason is, is enforcing enforcing immigration law. It's not requiring that if you want to apply for asylum, you go to a port of entry. It's not. And so I would rather see the Republicans come out. And the way to solve this, Frank, is, and Trump embraced a little bit of it with the remain in Mexico policy. You want asylum in the United States? Okay. We will process your application and you will get an interview. However, you're not going to wait here for it. You're going to have to wait in your home country, in a third country, and you have no right to wait here for this asylum claim. And that's what Trump did, remain in Mexico, and it cut it down 80%. The other thing that you can do is, because we have so many migrants here, so many people who have entered in, in various circumstances here, say you must register with the United States Department of of state, the State Department. You must go to your post office, You must, and there'll be forms there that you fill out and you send it to the State Department and tell us where you are and what you are doing. You have six months to do it. You don't do it, and we catch you, you're deported immediately, immediately. So once you register with the State Department, they send you a card, a tamper-proof card, which they have, and you're in a computer database. And then you can adjudicate those people based on their circumstance. You don't register, you're gone forever. You can't come back. So at least we would know who's here, where they are, and what they're doing. You allude to the fact that, and this has obviously taken on a whole new resonance since this uh, Robert Herr report, but you alluded to the fact that you're not sure that President Biden knows what's going on. I had said before the Herr report, when he declined the opportunity to be interviewed by CBS News for the Super Bowl interview, that the only logical conclusion was that he or his staff wasn't comfortable with putting him out there, even in a relatively friendly format. We're not talking about putting him on uh, Fox before the Super Bowl with Bill O'Reilly, and I know you've interviewed quite a few presidents in uh, in that role. 
But um, I, I cannot imagine after the language that the special counsel used in that report and the growing, uh, I mean, dissatisfaction even among people that voted for President Biden with whether he's able to even do the job that the Democrats will keep President Biden on the ticket. What do you think? Do you think the Democrats well, stick with Biden or they replace him? They, it, there's no they. That's the problem. So there's no central force in the Democratic Party or the Republican Party um, that can dictate to a sitting president what that president should do. None. But I've said from the very beginning, I didn't think Biden was going to be on a ticket for reelection because I think other things are going to happen. Now, a, a poll out today by Reuters, left-leaning and wire service, um, basically says Trump is beating Biden head-to-head by just three points. Trump should be ahead by 20. So there are enough Americans who don't care, and that's the only place you can go with this, Frank. They don't care if their president is cognitively diminished because they hate Trump so much. It's all hate Trump. That's what the Democratic Party has. They don't have anything else. Hate Trump. Love abortion. I guess they have that. We hate Trump. We love abortion. Vote for us. Um, now, Biden himself, um, he and my mother, I wrote a column on this, Dancing with Dementia. My mother went through exactly the same thing Joe Biden's going through. So I know. I saw it. Um, he has a good day. He's a bad day. Uh, he can read the prompter still. He can read that prompter. He cannot think um, spontaneously, which is why they're not going to put him out for an interview. So if you or me uh, interviewed him and asked him the question and he didn't have a rehearsed answer in his head that he could recite, he couldn't put that answer together. It wouldn't make any sense whatsoever. That's why you see every day he says crazy stuff, but his support team doesn't care. And that's not doing America very a good uh, turn. Democratic Party should do what they did in 1968. LBJ resigned. I'm going to carry out my term, but I'm not running again. And then at the convention this summer, you know, the people who want to be considered, they have their little confab for three days, and the uh, superdelegates pick somebody to run against Trump. That's what should happen. And it might happen. And so let's say they go that route. Let's say the DNC and their delegates are tasked with uh, replacing Joe Biden. Who do you think they pick? Obviously, the names that get bandied about are uh, Michelle Obama. I don't necessarily see that happening. Um, Gavin Newsom gets talked about a bit. Obviously, I think it would be tough internally to overlook Kamala Harris, but she's got uh, her own set of baggage. Who do they pick? What's the perception of who the strongest Democrat Democrat to run against Trump would be? Well, the only criteria is who can beat Trump. That's it. There's no, you know, because the Democratic Party is basically run by the progressive left. And if you are a moderate Democrat, like Tom Swasey here, where I am right now in the third mm-hmm. district, he just won yesterday his seat. Swasey's not a progressive leftist, but he's not going to go up against them because if he did, he'd get canceled. That's why you don't get any deviation on a Democratic vote in Washington or Albany. Because if you do, if you're a Democrat, you go against the progressive left, your money's cut off. And they don't, you're shunned. So those people are frightened. Now, um, 
I think Whitmer, the governor of Michigan, wants to be president. You know uh, what's his name in California? Right, Gavin wants Newsom, to be president. Sure. Newsom, okay. And there are a few others, not many, not many. There's maybe five um, that would want to uh, the job. Everybody goes Michelle Obama. The reason is that Michelle Obama is very popular, sure, personally popular. All the polls show that. Um, she could beat Trump. There's no doubt in my mind that Michelle Obama could beat Trump. Okay. But I'm not getting any feedback from any of the people that I know who know her that she wants to put herself through this. So that's where we are right now. But anything could happen. If people are just tuning in, we're talking with Bill O'Reilly. You can check him out regularly on the uh, No Spin News at BillOReilly.com, uh, one of, what's become one of the most sought-after, uh, widely read, widely consumed independent media organizations in the country. And uh, you can also uh, pre-order his new book, Confronting the Presidents, which I'm looking forward to uh, checking out. Bill, uh, you've had a very interesting relationship. I would characterize it as a friendly relationship, at least professionally friendly, with uh, with John Stewart. John Stewart Stewart's back hosting The Daily Show. Uh, they apparently, for his debut on Monday, had the highest ratings that that show has had since 2018. Curious as a great student of the media, somebody that's mastered all these different forms of the media and done well in all of them, how do you think this is going to go? They say you can't go home again. How's this going to work out for Stewart? How's it going to work out for The Daily Show? Well, Stewart has a fan base. I saw him a few weeks ago. He did a show out in Westbury, Long Island, and uh, went backstage to make fun of him. Um, <laughs> and he's very smart and very witty. Uh, he's got a good crew writing for him. Um, and he puts on a far better show than Trevor Noah or wherever else they had in there. I mean, you know, those guys are just pure ideologues, just kind of selling this uh, liberal vision of the world. Stewart's very liberal, there's no doubt about it. But he sees the absurdity uh, on both sides, and he sees a lot of things that uh, other people don't see that he can make fun of. So on Monday, and he's only working Monday, um, I think his show will do okay. It's not going to do what he did the premiere. Um, Maddow is the same thing. She just does Monday. Mm -hmm. Maddow brings in about two... Point three million every Monday to watch her. Stewart will probably do a million, maybe seven hundred fifty thousand in that zone because Comedy Central is not a major player uh, anymore. Um, and you know, it's all niche TV now, Frank. People they're scattered all over the place. It's mm -hmm. hard to get the word out. It's hard for people to watch. And then, but Stewart is a cut above. So if you watch his show, it's better than the other people that try to do what he does. You know, one of the other people that uh, that has made the transition uh, un unwillingly, I would characterize it, from cable news to independent media is uh, Tucker Carlson, who uh, did very well in your old time slot. And recently he had this uh, interview with Vladimir Putin, got a lot of attention. I think it was the most downloaded thing that he's done since he interviewed you. And I saw that interview you did with him. I thought it was really interesting. A lot of people took issue with Tucker Carlson even conducting this interview with Putin. A lot of folks didn't like the content of what was on the interview. How do you feel about the fact that he did the interview in the first place? And if you saw it, what would you make of the substance of it? I did not see it. 
uh, because there's nothing I can learn from that interview. And my time is so truncated. I get it. I'm so busy that I can't really watch anything unless I'm going to learn from it or it's staggeringly entertaining, which Vlad Putin is not. (laughs) So a couple of things about Tucker Carlson. He's the best marketer in the world. He makes me look comatose. I mean, the guy is a marketing genius, okay? There's nothing wrong with him going over to Moscow and interviewing Putin. Nothing wrong at all. If I got the opportunity, I would interview Putin. But when you go into an interview like that, you know Putin's not going to tell you the truth. He's not going to answer the questions. He's going to do what they all do. He's going to spin into propaganda. And because he's the dictator over there and you're the guest, um, I think Carlson let him do a 30-minute monologue about medieval Russian history before they even got to a contemporary question. And that would have never happened with me. But when you're in that situation, it isn't you calling the shots. Mm -hmm. It's Putin calling the shots. And so if I went over there, it would be, look, we're just going to have a conversation, Vlad and I, but there's not going to be any monologues. And if they said, no, he's going to do a monologue, I would then not do it. But, you know, look, people don't get a – people – Outside of Russia, they don't see the man. They don't get an idea of uh, his demeanor. And that's what Carlson produced. But it wasn't any news to it. We didn't advance the dialogue. I mean, Putin does what he always does. He just lied. One of the things that you had told me during the Trump presidency is that Donald Trump had killed cable news and that it would be very difficult for cable news to survive after the Trump presidency because all of it, MSNBC, Fox News, CNN, all of it had just become the Trump show. And when that's not there anymore, there's not much of a show if that's what you've built all your programming around. Somebody, there's been a lot of other people, people that don't necessarily see eye to eye with you, writing the epitaph of of uh, cable news. Uh, Brian Stelter recently did a big piece for Vanity Fair all about how cable news is dead. Uh, Jack Schaefer in Politico had a little bit of a different take. He said, sure, cable news' audience is older, but it's older folks who vote, and because that make because of that, it makes it relevant for the foreseeable future. What do you see as the future of uh, cable news in the near term and the long term? The best thing I, example I can give you is that way back in uh, my career, in 1986, I anchored a show called Inside Edition. Do you remember that? I do. I do. Okay. I, I used to love those. And that, was, that was a current affair, hard copy, Inside Edition. Now, when I took it over and I came from ABC News as a correspondent working for Peter Jennings, I took it over and I made it a hybrid. All right? Half of it was entertainment, half of it was news. And it worked. And I was there uh, six years. And uh, King World, CBS, made a ton of money, millions and millions of dollars. Um, And then I had had enough. And I went back uh, to get a master's degree in public administration from Harvard. So I went from inside edition to Harvard. My agent was going, let me get this straight. You're going to walk away from (laughs) millions of dollars, and you're going to pay tuition at a college? Is that what you're going to do, O'Reilly? And I said, yeah, that's what I'm going to do. So inside edition is still on the air. All right, still there. Have you ever hear anything about Inside Edition? No, I, I didn't know what's still on the air, honestly. Yeah, Channel 2 at 7 o'clock at night. 
Okay? Still on the air. Now, what happened was that that whole genre uh, died. It just, you know, it was on the air, it was successful, and then people uh, got tired of it, and they moved along. That's what's happened in the cable news. Uh-huh. So it's going to be there because it still generates dollars for the uh, corporations that put it out, but never again will it be what it, the force it was when I was there. I was number one for 16 consecutive years. I mean, it was unbelievable power that we had. It will never be that again because of a variety of, of circumstances, one of which is that the corporations do not want people like Tucker Carlson. Mm-hmm. They don't want mm-hmm. the bomb throwers and, and the people that shake it on up. Um, they want the safe people. And you can't get ratings with the safe people. You can't. Uh, let me end with this, Bill. You mentioned Tom Swazi and that special election in uh, New York's 3rd Congressional District. A lot of folks are wondering if this is a harbinger of what's to come in suburban districts for the fall, both for the congressional election and for the uh, presidential election. What do you think? Is this a one-off? Is this a function of uh, a good candidate with name recognition running against a poor candidate with f- uh, very little name recognition? Or are suburban voters getting, I don't know, um, a little fed up with uh, with the Republicans? Well, I'm not the best guy to ask because I blew it in 2022. I thought there was going to be a red wave in this country based upon Biden's terrible economic policies. I mean, he's just wrecked the budgets of working Americans to this day. Um, and I said, well, man, everybody's going to be mad because Biden comes in and Trump's inflation is 1.4 percent. And Biden's got it up into 12, 13 percent. So they're going to kick out all the Democrats. And they didn't. So now um, we are facing a similar circumstance, although the economy is better. Uh, Biden's um, his ability to function is far, far worse. And there's no doubt about that. And. So that the voter goes and has the same decision. Do I throw the Democrats out because they've screwed up the country, the border, inflation, president can't put a sentence together? Do I do, I do that and bring in back the Republicans with a, a very uh, flamboyant guy, Trump, who you don't know what he's going to say from one second to the next? Or do I, you know reject Trump as being this heinous villain and and go with the Dems, even though I don't like Biden. So hard to call that. Uh, if the election were held tomorrow, I think Biden would lose. But a lot of things are going to happen between now and then. Republican Party has got to coalesce around two or three messages, and they've got to figure out how to handle the abortion message. Have to. But the problem is there is no leader of the Republican Party. Mm. None. And Trump's not a Republican. He's a populist. So that's their problem, where the Democrats are 100% united. Out of fear, the Republicans are not that. They're all over the place. Bill, uh, we're going to have to end it there. I really appreciate the time. Uh, I hope to do this again soon. People can certainly check you out at BillOReilly.com. It's always such a treat to have you on the program. Thank you, Frank. Thanks for taking the time. Enjoyed it. Thank you. If uh, you want to comment on any portion of our conversation, you can give me a call. 800-848-9222. That's 800-848-9222. This is The Other Side of Midnight. Straight ahead. The Other Side of Midnight.
Other Side at Midnight with Frank Morano. One more time. This is Daft Punk singing one more time. This is a bumper music selection from our listener of the week, a great couple, Jerry and Grace, who sent this in as one of their selections. Thank you, Jerry and Grace. Going to get to your calls momentarily, 800-848-9222. Yesterday was Ash Wednesday. I went and got ashes. I took Carmine with me because... There's really no, you know, there's no baptismal requirement. There's no age requirement. Anybody can get ashes. So I took Carmine with me. I have never seen this church so crowded. I mean, there must have been no exaggeration, a thousand people there. It was impossible to get a parking spot. In fact, it was so tight. While I was in the church, I think my car actually got uh, sideswiped. And I don't blame the person that did it. I think it was accidental. But it was just so tight in there, you couldn't move. But... The uh, I took Carmine on my shoulders because it was very difficult to navigate the crowds and everything. And so the priest gives me ashes on my forehead. Of course, uh, you know, 45 minutes after I got the ashes, I forgot that I had ashes and I started scratching my forehead. So now it just looked like a black schmear. And then he didn't give Carmine ashes. He He just gave him a blessing. And I wasn't sure initially because he did make a motion above my head. But... Um, that uh, I, I, I was not about to wait on that line again. And, you know, it's no big deal. At least he got the uh, the blessing. But when I was putting Carmine to bed, he looked at me and said, um, he said, oh, he pointed to my forehead. He said, what happened, Daddy? He thought I got hurt or something because there's a giant black schmear on my head now that uh, now that I, I scratched my forehead while I had ashes there. But I don't know why they did that, uh, why they didn't give him ashes, why they just gave him the blessing. But I guess we're ahead of the game. We still got the blessing. And for 40 days of no alcohol begins. Here we go. 800-848-9222. 800-848-9222. Dave uh, calling in from WCCO in Minnesota. What's on your mind, Dave? Yeah, hey, I really appreciate your show. Uh, Thank you. Know, you. Like I say, you've got a, you know, a well-balanced you know, show. You're Thank not you. a dictator. <laughs> I appreciate that. And uh, as far as uh, President Biden, the Democrat, you know, hopefully he'll come across with some common sense, except I think his ego is, you know, maybe, I don't know if his wife can talk to him, somebody, but they got to figure out, you know, how to, you know, the, you know, not have him be on the Democratic ticket this year. And I'm not sure who, um, you know, they could replace him. You know, with but you know there are you know potential contenders. Absolutely, look, you know, like, I think, and Dave, thanks for the call and thanks for your nice words about the show. I think it's a long list of Democrats that could beat Trump. Honestly, I think it's a shorter list of Democrats that lose to Trump. Um, I think Amy Klobuchar beats him. I think uh, Pete Buttigieg beats him. I think any Democrat without major baggage uh, along the lines of a Biden or a Hillary would beat him. I really do. 
All right, um, we'll see what happens, though. Only time will tell. Help control the pet population. Get your dog or cat spayed or neutered. Hemorrhoids can be a real pain in the butt, causing anal itching and burning and irritation. Get fast relief with all natural, doctor-developed and tested Anacool. Buy Anacool, A-N-A-C-O-O-L, on Amazon right now and save 15% with code WABC2024.